Can you hear me now? Yes, Maharaj. Yes, Maharaj. Okay. Um, okay. Um, we can't see you though. Although now we can see you. You can see me? Yeah, yeah. I'm driving in a car. Sometimes it may go off. I'm going to this wedding. Um, I'm leaving now because I'm going to visit my niece on the way. And my niece had visited me. She's right on the way. She had visited me in. Uh, she had visited me in. Vrindavan. Uh, and she actually traveled for two weeks with with Leela Velasini through India. So she has some kind of some scar like that. So what I thought I would do, because I'm assuming only a few people here will go to the wedding. So I'm going to tell you what my wedding speech would be. And I hope you find it kind of interesting. Um, and of course, it, it, it's not just devotees, but their parents are there too. So, uh, um, yeah, so, I, and this is also, you know, I, I learned this speaking technique. Uh, there's a book called uh, Something for a Change by Andy Stanley, who's a, uh, excellent contemporary um, Catholic, no, Christian preacher who people like Rasanath, I think even Raghunath have kind of studied for how expert he is in communicating. And he had this simple, this simple way of giving a, a lecture. And it was I, you, God, you, we, rather than taking extensive notes. So, I means, um, I means you have to introduce yourself, especially to an audience. An audience, they don't all know you. And if you don't have that rapport, so whatever the subject you speak on, you have to first introduce it with yourself. Then you, you have to make it relevant, the problem to people. Then God. God means then you give all the facts. And a, a problem with a, a lecture is people just start with the facts and they have no rapport with the audience. And then you, again, you make it relevant to the people. And then we, you give them a vision what would happen if you actually follow it. But I'm not exactly going to follow that. But I, I think I would start off the way I would introduce myself and I'm just going to not give the lecture, but explain to you what I would, would do. How nice it is to drive in Don Cayley's Tesla when you're giving a class and his hands are not on the wheel and he's and, and quiet. And uh, it's all electric. You don't have to pay for gas. It's all free. All free. Um, so I... Someone's calling me and I can't answer it. 
um, in this lecture because I'm a monk and I've never been married. <laughs> and I, I think that's a real nice way. I'm not just giving the lecture. I think I thought about it. That's a nice way to begin the lecture, you know, because it, 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 it introduces myself and it introduces the subject, which is, you know, speaking about marriage, et cetera. And then maybe mention just a little something about how Prabhupada saw renunciation is dedication. So even he gave wedding ceremonies, even did the wedding ceremonies. And, uh, you know, even here we have Rasik Mohan, who's also a monk, who's going to do it. My mud color cloth. This is the traditional color, and, and literally the term is kasaya. Kasaya means real dress is finished. So being finished, and he's at a wedding, what we think in our, in our, so I think there's something, and, and also I want to make sure it's short. And then I would say what my two qualities Qualifications are one. I think I know the couple at practically as well as Now, of course, the mothers, and, and, you know, during COVID, from, I, I rushed home from Russia. I was in Russia. I didn't want to get stuck in Russia because, and how long will she be here? And I went, and then when I got to my place for 20 years, upstate New York wasn't available. And it wasn't going to be available. Um, it was a whole, whatever the case is, the kind people that gave me a house for so many years during COVID needed it for their own elders, it's quarantined, and then really understood now that they needed the house. And Leela and Jamuna, they were so kind. You know, what they said, well, you know, we're going to get an extra bedroom. Our family can come. Our, you know, our mothers can visit, stay, but they'll only come a short time, so we have a room for you. And, and it was so kind. So I really got to know them. And then I'll say, I'll say something about I'll say something about what I saw, what I saw there and why I think they'll be a good husband and wife. And I said, I think the second qualification is just I can put it in context of our philosophy. What a samskara is, it's an impression. Viva has samskara, what the impression that is being given here is, you know, and, and it's for commitment and how important commitment is, you know, because what's the problem with the world? People have no character. <laughs> they just act by their whims. And, and what, one of the whims is what? Well, he did this to me, she did this to me, let's get divorced, <laughs> you know? It's so whimsical. And then, you know, we talk about the gun violence and of course, assault weapons and things like that. And 
the need to, you know, check perhaps the weapons that are in people's hands and, and things like that. But I wrote that article. This is one of the main causes that there's no character, there's no principles. And, and people should learn to make vows and they should have honesty and keep to those vows. Anyway, that's my basic strategy. And the people who come to the, um, the wedding will find out the rest. Okay, now, you know, what also I'm gonna talk about, which I think is kind of interesting is, um, Of you know my 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 latest Monday morning greetings, which which you'll see. And uh, one second, what did I do here? Okay. Okay. One second. Okay. Um. is my latest Monday morning greetings, which I was writing. And it's called Street Unicorns. And I showed it to some people, but not all, but there's a, a, a beautiful book that's been printed uh, by a, a really, I think a pretty prominent photographer. And uh, just about, taking pictures of unique fashion in New York. And somehow he saw me walking with Madhava. And then he put, you know, he put my picture in along with all these other far out people. So what that's going to be about, and I'm sorry, I can't do the Shastra here. What that's going to be about is kind of wanting to share this picture. Krishna conscious and I thought like the interesting part was is that what a street unicorn was him is someone with authenticity that expresses it boldly in fashion it's kind of like to him it's like an honesty this is who I am and uh, so I was just contrasting that's why I got this idea yeah, I think it means mud, dirt, you know, it's like, it, it's supposed to be the address. Of course, we're preachers. Material, you know, track dress is one of the ways we attract the opposite sex. It's one of the ways we you know uh, I'm, I, I think we should dress nicely I always appreciate but I'm just saying technically speaking that's not myself and the other sense I thought him and uh, dedicated monk you know there is a dress, there is a uniform. A uniform means something. It gives you a mood. A uniform means people could identify with you. It's like a policeman. It has a uniform. 
it, it should give him a mood of some, it should give a mood of some kind of discipline, some kind of, you know, mood of, of officer of the law. Um, and you can identify that person for help. So in the same sense, the dress is there. This is kind of like a priestly dress in one sense, or, or uh, so there is an authenticity there. But on the other hand, I thought also, it has that aspect of being very bold. And the aspect of, you know, it, it's, it's transplanted. So at least it used to be, wow, this is different. This is very different. And the other point he made, he was a very good writer. He described that what a place like New York is and his description like really hit on the head the genius of Prabhupada coming to New York or the genius of Krishna sending Prabhupada to New York because what he described is is what New York is it is you know in, in, in small towns you know nonconformity doesn't flourish so people who have that mood they tend to gravitate towards New York City and people of that mood tend to be people that are creative. I mean, the artistic psychology is, is I am authentic. That's the artistic psychology. And uh, those of you who've studied the Enneagram, the number four in the Enneagram, well, what's described with an artist is, and it's not every artist, but one type of artist the person who's really unique, really different, really likes to stand out. Um, they had no relationship with their parents. It didn't mean that it was abusive, but it creates a lot of emotions that you can't identify with <laughs> because you can't place them in any particular parental category. So what happens with those emotions is it just creates a need to actually be able to understand them. So it creates a person who's always trying to individuality out into the public. And if you see the pictures in the book, it's exactly the type of people that they are. Then they have that flair for like dress, et cetera. So, um, but at the same time, it's uh, so, so New York is a place that facilitates that. And he said, and because of that, it becomes a place that people either tolerate or accept or welcome people who are different. And it's traditionally like that. So when the Krishna consciousness movement started, where in other places, it could really be met with hostility because it was so different because the cultures were so uniform and they, you know, even, you know, other cities in New York. You know, the person who's different, they'll be looked on with much, much more, they'll be looked on with less suspicion. Than any other place in the world. And he said, what happens is, and it's a very 
people get that type of person. And he says, and that's why in these places, trends and movements are born. And then I thought, wow, that's a great description. That is how what happened with Prabhupada in New York. The devotees were accepted more than any other place in the world. To the extent there was one, <laughs> this is really far out. There was one advertisement, advertising New York. And they had a mayor in New York who was really, really a character. His name was Ed Koch. You see, I, I feel like I'm in a time warp with most people, but he was a real character. And his saying was, his saying was, how I'm doing, how, how I'm doing. So he had one advertisement where someone was going to jump from, from the Empire State Building. He was advertising for New York and he was going to save them. So he was say, so he, he looked at the person and he said, uh, he said, uh, don't jump, don't jump. We have Broadway. I'm jumping, I'm jumping. Don't jump, don't jump. We have Yankee Stadium. You know, don't, 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 you know, don't jump, don't jump. You know, we have Central Park. You know, you know, don't jump, don't jump. You know, we have the Hare Krishnas. <laughs> so a person didn't jump. But the idea was it was adopted. It was part of, of, of the uh, part of the scene. So I thought that point was also interesting the kind of acceptance in, in New York. And I thought also in, in a very interesting way, if I was wearing slacks and a baseball cap, he never, you know, took my picture. Anyway, you'll see the picture of the book. Um, and uh, hey, we're doing so good so far. Um, yeah. Now, another thing uh, I'd like to share is uh, such who asked me to write an article for um, Journal of Aishnab Study. Um, because it's on Krishna Leela. And he knew I had this idea about Brahman Vimohan Leela. So I'm writing that article and I can share with you. And this was my idea was, it was the last pastime that Srila Prabhupada wrote was Brahman Vimohan Leela. It was the last pastime that Prabhupada wrote. And, uh, Um, and I began to study it. And when I began to study it, I found, to me, arguably his deepest purports. And then I was kind of astounded because I was there when he was writing it. And he was on his 
dead. I mean, he was indisposed. And, you know, he was lying down and June that was reading nine commentaries on each um, eight or nine commentaries on each um, purport. So Prabhupada was in this condition and I knew the condition because I used to go yeah, I, I was so busy. At 4.30, my service started in the morning and it went to 8.30 at night. And there wasn't really a break. That's what the Gurukul service was. But at a particular time, Prabhupada did a very amazing, he did a very amazing thing in his room. Um, in his house, there used to be a guard at Prabhupada's door. And, and actually, his secretary would sit in, in the little room before you get to Prabhupada. And it was Tamal Krishna Maharaj and, or, or someone else, but usually him. And, uh, you know, you couldn't just get into Prabhupada without an appointment. But I think about a month before he's about to leave, Prabhupada said, leave the doors open 24 hours a day. So you literally could sit with Prabhupada anytime he wanted. But I had no time. And when Bibi Govindaswamy actually told me this, you know, they opened the doors. I said, he said, well, why don't you just, you can just go in. You can just go in beforehand. You can just go in beforehand. Why don't you just go in? So I would go in. And this is the last two weeks with Prabhupada. I would go in at 2.30 and chant my rounds and no one was there <laughs> except his assistant. And then, uh, then one day I, uh, Then one day, um, I was sitting there, and I think I told many of this, and Prabhupada was actually screaming, but he was screaming Hare Krishna. And Bhavananda said, help me lift Prabhupada up and move him to a more comfortable position. And then he told me that Prabhupada, the last six months, was only taking a certain amount of milligrams of pomegranate juice and uh, and there was no fat between his bones and his nerves, and it was so painful for him. So. You know, and then I reflecting on it. You know, one sadhu told me, bait nahi TK, sir nahi TK. If the stomach is not good, the head is not good. So it's really hard to think. And just imagine he had to assimilate eight or nine 
translated purports in his head, and then he had to speak on them, laying on his back. And that's how he wrote those purports. And as far as I understood, the last breath where he could actually speak was finishing up the purports. And what struck me is that it finished up the, the Brahma Vimohan Lila, which neatly ended the Kumar Lila. which is Krishna one to five. And I thought, is there some significance here? Is it something divine that he would just, he put so much of his last effort to finish up this, this one per, this purport. And then I began to, 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 to kind of, uh, you know, I started reading the next chapter, and the next chapter is the chapter that begins the next age of Krishna, which is Poganda. And the commentators say that his age, he now is matured, he can get the cows and he can go to the forest. He has the cows now and he can go to the forest. And that his age and, and, and the activities he can do now facilitate a greater variety of pastimes because when you get older, you can do more things. And then at the end of the chapter, we actually see the gopis. So I, I thought that the whole Bhagavatam is systematically structured so that we can actually hear Krishna's pastimes without prejudice and projecting our own material mundane conceptions on them. And to be free from that, that's what the Bhagavatam is doing. That's why there's, and I'm, there's, there's 10 subject matters, but nine are meant for the 10th. And the 10th is the Ashraya. And the Ashraya is, is, is spoken in the 10th canto. So I looked at it, this is really progressive. So, and what is the most difficult to understand as super, thinking how do people understand this you know it just seems kind of mundane unless you have some vision so the bhagavatam is carefully preparing one for this and then comes this point where it finally happens what is before that point and what is the last thing before that point and the last thing before that point is this incredible pastime where Bala Kali, this young boy who's so playful and just eating, he sh and Lord Brahma becomes confused. Is it Bala Kali or Yagya Book? 
is he the one that eats all the yagyas, the ghee, the sacrifice? He so starkly presents that Balakeli, that young boy, is Yagyabud. And there's no story in the Bhagavatam that so vividly illustrates that. Because it's all of a sudden this young boy manifests all, and then he's sitting again as a young coward boy at the end, and Lord Brahma is becoming bewildered. So I, I thought that there is some significance here by either Prabhupada's conception of the, the Bhagavatam or It's a real pleasure driving in a Tesla and giving a class. It's so quiet. Um, is it divine will or, or prop? But somehow or other, Prabhupada finishes this pastime. And I thought that that's so important to his legacy because. One of the things uh, of, of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta, one of the legacies of Bhakti Siddhanta, so strongly was so strongly was where you jump into to really have a you have to be purified yeah um uh, five minutes until i'm at my nieces but i'm so glad that we we could um we could speak together and uh i could share something again i've been saying for a couple of months i got to settle on a book and, and that also is my joy i i really miss it you know, even in Vrindavan, it just seems that I've been speaking, even when I went to Russia, uh, to Mayapur, I used to speak six, seven days a, 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 a week, you know? Now I, I kind of, I speak too, and I'm fine. And in Vrindavan, you know, in Vrindavan, I used to speak every day and go... there or not so I kind of miss that contiguous thing but I really want to do that and uh, just let you know my schedule I'm going to the wedding here in Bhakti Bandab I think quite a few people are coming it's, it looks like it's going to be quite interesting really love the people at Bhakti Bandab and uh, then I'll come back upstate and Sachinandana Swami is coming. Uh, and I'll stay to meet him, but then I'm gonna go. Don Kaley, he's got a new house on the, on the lake. You like it? Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Okay, he can't wait, so he, 
he has uh, his house, so I'll go. And then uh, after the Akratiatra, my main man, Amala Vaishnav, will uh, drive me to Connecticut. And uh, Barsana Lali, Lisa Marchand, her and her husband, they, they bought this place called the Talon Inn. It has about 15 rooms. So there'll be one room for me. And it's like a bed and breakfast, not a bed and breakfast, just a Airbnb. Her family used to do that. So she knows how to do that. So I'll stay there. Probably on my way back, I'll stop at the Hartford, brought the Arch. That's on the 18th. Uh, how to get back to... Uh, how to get back to New York City. I'll figure that out later. Are you going to go to the Hartford Rock Theatre? Oh, great. Okay. That's great. Okay. Okay, Jamuna Jaya, you still hear anything? Yes, I Thank you for class. And thank you. I've never been in a Tesla. So thank you for taking a Tesla. What's that? I, I can't. I can't. I can't, okay. I can't hear you or see you somehow. All right, Ron, I can see me. Let me speak okay. more into the mic. Can you hear me now? Is it me or is it... You're really breaking up, guys, so it might be you. I don't know. Can you hear me? Broken up. It's broken up. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, uh, let, I, let me see if it's my. No, I have a, a lot of bands. Uh, okay. Anybody else want to say hello? Hi, Christian Gormash. I guess we'll. 